So welcome back. It's been a while since I've done a Forked Theatre podcast. Uh, we are still doing mother logs. Um, so this is uh, the third time doing it now. And we are taking it to the Camden Fringe. And uh, what I thought would be ever so lovely uh, is to introduce you individually to all of the new cast members that we've got. So it's a new cast, fresh stories, so it's a brand new show. Uh, and joining me at the National Theatre on Southbank, the lovely Colleen. Hello. 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 Um, so as we were chatting earlier, this mm-hmm. is just a chance for you to uh, tell us a bit about yourself, basically. Okay. Uh, my name is Colleen Prendergast. Um, I trained as an actor, but I'm also now working as a writer and a director as well, um, which is uh, great and really good fun. And um, I've got three children. Amazing. Great. Um, so where did you train? I went to RADA uh, a long time ago, <laughs> and it's uh, still in the game. Um, and then I, I, I worked for a couple of years after I left, and then I actually gave up acting because I had my first baby. Mm-hmm. And then I had another two babies in quick succession. And then um, I split up with my ex-husband, and I needed to get a job, and the only job I could do was being an actor. So... <laughs> So I was like, mm, better go back to it then. Um, and I did, and very kindly, the acting professional let me back in. Um, <laughs> but I've mainly done um, voice work. I do a lot of audiobooks and uh, dubbing and things like that mm-hmm. um, because I had the kids. Um, and then this year, I've done, uh, I've written a little short play, which was on uh, the Broccoli Jack, and then it was picked up, and it's been a couple more scratch nights. And then I've just been to the Manchester Fringe. And I've directed and been in a show uh, completely in the dark at the Hope Mill Theatre called, um, it's got a very long title, it's called The True History of the Tragic Life and Triumphant Death of Julia Pastrana, the Ugliest Woman in the World Performed in Complete Darkness. So that was fun. Full uh, stop. Full stop, yes, full stop at the end of that. Um, so that was a lot of fun, crazy, um, two and a half days rehearsal. Um, and then I've come back and now I'm doing the long version of my short play. Um, I'm directing that, which is on at Barron's Court Theatre this Saturday. And then I'm going to come and do Mother Logs. Um, what is really nice about that is it gets it gives me a chance to incorporate all those years of motherhood. Yeah. And talking to people about it because it's such a fundamental experience including people who don't have children or don't want to have children and you know the sort of categories that society puts you in mm. um so yeah really excited about that okay. it's gonna be fun yeah it is gonna be fun. yeah i'm looking forward to it <laughs> um so going back so you were at rada mm-hmm. and did you enjoy your time at rada i did yeah i think i was very young mm. i was 18 when i went and i'd never lived away from home i'd never done anything else some people in our year had been to university and had done traveled and done other things and i think i probably would have benefited from that because mm. i think i was just trying to be good you know good girl and get it right and get even though it wasn't back then a degree it was a diploma i think i kind of wanted to get things right and i think i would have been much better exploring and playing yeah than trying to be a good girl do you know what I mean so I don't think I enjoyed it in the way that I could have done yeah because I was putting too much pressure on myself but you know I learned a lot and gained a lot and um and there are things I definitely still use I mean I, it, it's interesting I think training's probably changed quite a lot so even people who go to RADA now I, I imagine have a different training mm, because things mm. have moved on um, but it was great, and I, I met some amazing people like Helen Chadwick, who's this amazing, um, well, she's a singer and a sort of writer and performance artist, but she taught us text, and oh, she's amazing. And so I still use lots of her stuff. Hello, Helen. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. 
that was right. Yeah, I think it's... I feel the same as you, I think. I think I probably was a little bit too young and took myself a bit too seriously. Where did you go? Arts Head. But yeah, I took myself too seriously and I should have played more, should have enjoyed it more. But we're doing the playing now, which is good. Yeah, yeah. and some might say it's even better. Yeah. Growing up a bit older. But it was... um, I think it's... Having a bit of life experience probably might have... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? It's but you know, but you went when you went, and part of your life experience is having had that experience at that age, isn't yeah. it? So it's difficult to yeah. sort yeah. of second guess yourself. Like your life is what it is. Um, but I do think I think what I got out of that as well is like if I work with other people now, I want them to be relaxed and I want them to feel playful because mm. I think that's really how you get the best out of any experience, and I'm very conscious of it. Yeah. So when yeah. you left Rada what sort, mm-hmm. of, what sort of bits and bobs were you doing I uh, went well, I, when I was still at Rada I did a t- little TV job which was really I think now they probably allow you to work in your third year but back then there was like a blanket ban on working so I was really lucky I got dispensation to go and do this little TV thing and then I went immediately from Rada into uh, the Bush Theatre and I did a Simon Usher was directing a Richard Cameron play called The Mortal Ash, so I did that. And then I went straight from there to um, the Radio Rep. I did a year in the Radio Rep at the BBC, which was amazing, sort of like 100 plays in a year or something. And then That's I really went, cool. yeah, it was yeah. really cool, and I fell in love with radio, um, which I still love now. And then I went to Southampton and I did Comedy of Errors there, played Adriana. And then I came back and I was in the middle of doing a radio play the next day and then I did a pregnancy test and I was pregnant so then I gave it up for six years so I did really really well I worked for like a year and a half back to back and then was like yeah giving it up now having a baby <laughs> so that was good um so yeah that was that was what happened yeah uh, but then I've gone back and done lots of radio and voice work so um so that's been bloody lucky that I had that to do yeah. um, while I was bringing up children um, it is but it is quite good it's quite a good gig if you can get it anyway, but yeah. especially trying to navigate it around yeah. childcare. Yeah. And I mean, it was insane. I had a, you know, when I first became a single parent, I had a diary and I found it recently and it's just covered in pencil scribbles because I used to get up at half past five. My youngest was a baby back then. He was like 16 months old or something. Get him together, get the other two up, get them breakfast, get them into their uniforms, get them to breakfast club for eight o'clock, get to work, do a full day. If we didn't finish in time to go and pick them up at six because sometimes the radio goes on till seven I would have to call a friend get them to pick them up from after school club take them to their house give them dinner then I'd have to go to the friend's house pick them up take them home wash their uniform get them bathed do their homework get them to bed and do it all again Yeah. the next day on top of a full day of work yeah. so the stress was very high but the advantage was I got to be in London and do creative work and bring my children up so yeah. that was yeah. good um I don't think people would have been as successful. So it's obviously a testament of, of that you really wanted to stay in the creative yeah. field because I think a lot of people would have given up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I not sure I, I would have had the strength. I don't know how... Because I look back and go, well, that was insane. Yeah. How did I do that? Yeah. But somehow I did. You yeah. know, I just kind of had laser focus and got through it. Um, and now, obviously, they're older and it's, it's amazing how many fun things suddenly have into my lap which yeah. has been lovely and they've been lovely and supportive they came to Manchester last Sunday for the day and saw the show and I'm like we're so proud of you Mark. so it was yeah they've been really oh, really nice. really lovely um, which has been great and one of them wants to be an actor now so 
we'll see. Yeah, we'll you, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, we can't stop them, can you? Yeah. So <laughs> they're going to go for it. Got no control. No. Yeah, maybe maybe advise against. Yeah, no, I don't, he's not going to listen any more than I would have listened. It's fine. No. Yeah, Absolutely. nothing you can do. And what do, what are the other two? Um, well, one is at university doing English literature. The eldest and the youngest. Well, I don't know. I don't know yet. He was quite into music. He played in various bands, and he can play sort of five or six instruments. That's very cool. Um, but he did mention wanting to be a lawyer. So that would be handy. Yes, a lawyer yeah. in the family would be great. It would yeah. be really handy. Yeah, but I think see. yeah, a, lo- a lawyer, a doctor, or a builder. I think all three. Yeah. I should yeah. put them all out to trade. Really, I've yeah. got three. If you, you could, could cover everything, yeah, yeah. And then in your old age, then you can always have something fixed. I know exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got legal representation <laughs> and, and your health looked after. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorted. <laughs> I've just um, realised I've got really, really jangly earrings on. Sorry, you can probably hear my earrings jangling. Don't worry. It's all good. You have just obviously come back from from Manchester. Mm-hmm. So talk more about the play. How did you come about it? What um, was so that play um, was written by my brother, and it was written twenty years ago for the Battersea Arts Centre in the dark season. He'd always had this fascination with people who worked as circus freaks, and he came across this story of this woman, Julia Pastrana, who had this really interesting life and indeed death, um, because she was exhibited after her death as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so he'd written this show that I saw in 1998 at the Battersea Arts Centre, and then I saw it again 10 years ago at the Brighton Festival. It's been done all over the world. Um, but um, uh, Watershed Productions wanted to do it at uh, Hope Miller, Manchester, as part of the Greater Manchester Fringe. And Sean said, Would you like to come and direct it and be in it? And I've loved the show for 20 years and um, was bowled over when I first well didn't see it obviously because you can't see anything <laughs> because it's in the dark um, but it's a really really weird experience because you can't see anything you feel very vulnerable you get in this kind of very suggestible state and you feel quite vulnerable you can't see anything you can't see your hand in front of your face so that in itself is quite a st- we never really get that experience and then because the actors are moving around and all the sound effects are live and you don't know where they are or where they're coming from. You can't see anyone, so you've got no kind of clue about what's going to happen next. Yeah. You don't know when the scene changes are coming. Um, you have to imagine Julia because you can't see her. And the only clue you get to how deformed she is is from the reaction of the other actors when they see her. The gasps and the sort of, you know, horror, horrified reactions. But her voice is incredibly sweet and beautiful. So it's a really interesting thing. And it's quite a powerful thing as an actor to do, to sort of have that power that you know what's happening you know what's coming next and the audience don't Um, and we had a really lovely bunch of actors who were fantastic and and worked together really really well Um, the lead actor who played Julia is an actress called uh, Karina Jones and she's a visually impaired actress um, who works all the time and she's an aerialist as well, she works as an aerialist yeah amazing, amazing woman Um, so that was really interesting um, and yeah, it was just a really great experience, and the audience seemed really emotionally affected by it. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. It was mm. intense, it was mm. intense. I think we had like two and a half days rehearsal, and obviously we were doing it in the dark, so it was very challenging. But the cast really bonded because you have to if you're doing something that challenging. So it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. I was sorry that we only got to do it for eight performances. It would have been nice to have carried on for longer, but I'm really happy and lucky that we did it. So. Yeah, um, yeah, it was great. But I came back and plunged immediately into the next thing I'm doing. So, <laughs> I'm a little yeah. bit tired right now, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, so talk about the. So it's on a Baron's Court. Baron's Court. Yes, it's my play 2022, and this is the thing that came out of the short writing course that I did at 
Broccoli Jack, and the premise is um, what will happen in five years if Brexit goes ahead. Um, and my idea is that there'll probably be a massive financial crash. Um, and if terrorist attacks continue to happen, those two things together may result in Britain lurching very far to the right, kind of ultra-nationalist, and mm. resulting in a Muslim ban. Mm. Not just a travel ban, but an actual ban where it's illegal to be a Muslim in England. And so it's in Scotland, this idea, Scotland has seceded from the UK and has stayed in Europe. We've seceded from Europe, so there's a hard border between England and Scotland. And a young woman with a baby has been arrested trying to cross the border from Scotland into England, and she's being interrogated by these two border guards. Wow. And that's the premise. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because it's also quite believable. <laughs> yeah. Well, when we originally did it, we talked about whether 2022 was a good title because people were like, I think that's too far for it to have gone in five years. But I actually feel like there's so much crazy instability. It's not. And what I We seem to be moving at quite a pace. Quite a pace. Yeah. And if you think about Germany, you know, between I think between Hitler being elected Chancellor and dismantling the constitutional framework, I think it was 30 days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we it can happen. We, and since then, you know, we had Trump, and um, I thought, and also, I kind of wanted people to feel scared. I mm. wanted people to think this could be imminent, not in ten years, not in fifteen, not in twenty, but now. Yeah. If we don't yeah. get a handle on it. Yeah. And um, I'm not quite as terrified as I was when I wrote it. <laughs> I was pretty terrified when I wrote it, um, but I do think, you know, if we do go out of Europe. Um, money I think will I think people the money and I think when people lose a lot of money and things become unstable economically yeah. bad things happen because yeah. people get scared and they get desperate so yeah. that was and kind we're also, of we've not fully recovered from yeah. <laughs> the last lot of recession we had yeah exactly so, yeah. you know and another um, knock is, yeah. is, is really going to send us quite far yeah. um, so I, I think it is actually Quite chillingly believable, and the cast and I have been talking a lot about totalitarian regimes and compromises. And yeah, I don't know if you've, there's a Hugo Rifkin article that he wrote for Holocaust Memorial Day, which basically is saying that Holocaust Memorial Day. I think the quote is, it might not be exact, but it's pretty close. Is it should be like the coin that an alcoholic carries to remind him not to drink, because we are always, all of us, everywhere closer to toppling than we might think. Yeah, and, that's um, nice. Yeah. yeah. And so I kind of sort of that idea um, about what we might be willing to do because obviously when you have a welfare state and you have social security and you have an, an NHS, you can afford to make good moral choices mm. because your well-being and the well-being of your children and your family are not on the line. But if those things are stripped away, which is quite possibly what's going to happen, mm, mm. then perhaps your moral choices might become more of a grey area. Yeah. And that's so. I don't want to give too much away, but that's that's that's. It's not. It, it has got jokes in it. It's not entirely. It's funny too, but I hope. Um, but it's um, it's yeah. I, th- I think it'll be a good evening. I yeah. hope so. But right. it's part of a new writing festival that's on at Barons Court all this week. So there's a different show every night. Fab. Yeah. And so obviously this will be. So it starts off as ten minutes. Starts ten so minutes. This is the first time you've done it as an hour. As an hour. hour. Yeah. So it's a chance to test out the material and it's part of this Actors Awareness uh, writing festival who do these, I think they're bi-monthly, these nights at Spotlight and they do 10-minute submissions and then they choose, I think it's six or eight or something for the year to go and do this annual week-long thing and it's basically they give you a space and then also you have like a little Q&A afterwards that you can ask the audience for feedback to sort of develop your writing. 
oh, which is really good. Yeah, yeah. That's excellent. So I'll get feedback hopefully on Saturday night um, uh, and see if it can be developed any further as well because I wasn't really sure whether it would sustain as a whole hour because yeah. I'd written it as a 10 minute piece and I'd obviously deliberately written it as a 10 minute piece because that was the brief and I was mm. like you could just pad it but that's not going to work but it seems touch wood like it's actually sustained mm. and um, I think it's been fun for the actors to sort of drill down into their characters and their relationships and flesh them out and you know because obviously 10 minutes is not long yeah you know to do so i think from an actor's point of view how fascinating to to be at it from the very very beginning mm-hmm. as well to, to, to well they've been really instrumental in giving feedback you know, they've been able to give feedback and and shape it as well mm. so it's been quite a collaborative thing even nice. though i've written it you yeah. know which is my favorite style of working anyhow yeah. um even though i've written it and i'm directing it it's nice to sort of go what do you think is this working should we cut this is there is there a better way of doing this is the what do we need to bring more into the equation so they've kind of been steering it as well yeah. which has been lovely yeah, yeah. really fun yeah lovely yeah. nice way to work mm. so hopefully after saturday mm-hmm. it'll be amazing I, feedback and then will it be going on anywhere else um, I, well let's see let's see um i don't know i mean i i didn't intend any of this i just went along to a short writing course yeah to have yeah, some yeah. fun on a monday evening and it just seems to have had i think because i chose such a topical mm. subject mm. you know where my my tendency is to set everything in 1631 because <laughs> i'm really interested it's like that said it 400 years ago there were parallels to the modern day and all the new writing houses are like no you have to set it now so for ones that actually set something now and people seem to be continually interested in it um and it would be nice you know like we were saying earlier when we were chatting if you do all the work it's kind of nice for it to go on a little bit um so we'll see we'll see i mean i've invited some people along um but i don't you know new writing places are busy aren't they but it would be nice if some of the new writing places in london came along and were interested in it yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Well, so you never know, never know. Yeah. well best of luck fingers yeah. crossed thank you <laughs> um and then so then immediately after that then yes we're into mother logs which is very exciting yeah um, so thank you for oh I'm very for happy it. thank you for having me it's <laughs> great when we first spoke about the mm. project we realised that we knew each other mm-hmm. um, so but over the, the the phone when I initially mm-hmm. had that phone call with you what was the sort of thing that excited you about the, the project what was it um, lots of things collaborative because that's my favourite method of working to work with you because that would be fun because we know each other um, but also this whole thing that I felt like that my motherhood was in a way opposed to my creative life or they, they, they're not easy to marry mm. you know especially if you're a single parent because the demands of motherhood are very strong and the demands of a creative life are very strong and trying to sort of marshal those together That's... is really hard and so something where I could actually merge the two and um, you know I've got friends who don't have children who wanted children couldn't have them don't definitely don't want children I didn't want them before I had them and so something which was incorporating all of those I thought was really interesting and also that it's kind of not exactly verbatim but it is based on real stories I'm always interested in real stories because yeah, I just think real stories are just the most interesting because yeah. you can't make anything else more interesting than a real yeah. story yeah. Um, and so I was really excited by that and to get a hold of other people's stories and sort of channel them and and play I guess this mm. whole thing about playing and um and seeing not knowing in advance I think it's really exciting yeah it's a good way to yeah work, yeah so yeah those things it is it's exciting and, and terrifying in equal measure yeah but, but I've kind of decided that's what's wor- worth doing yeah it's not terrifying it's not yeah. exciting 
and I think as well the way that the because it, we do it all in such a short period of time mm. you like we were saying earlier you have to have an end it's going on yeah we're, it's going on yeah, we're, yeah. We're, you know, so there, ha- there has to be a show mm-hmm. and I think it's quite if you've got a longer rehearsal period it's quite easy to slip into discussing it at great length mm-hmm. and doing this whereas actually you have to it's, I prefer working like this because you mm-hmm. have to make snap decisions and you're like right right and it might not be the right decision but you're but going you're with it forward and also you don't second guess yourself then do you no so you get something that's a bit more raw yeah it'll be as polished but it's more raw and therefore yeah. I think it's more interesting yeah I agree I agree I, so. I was um, talking to a, a friend of mine because I always like watching films you sort of see the trailer and then you're like mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll go and see that. And then as soon as it flashes up, based on the true story, you're like, oh, God, yeah, yeah, true, yeah I yeah, will. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely will. Yeah. Um, have you ever done anything at the Camden Fringe before? Yes, um, I worked with a theatre company called Spectra Theatre Company um, a couple of years ago. It was an all-female theatre company of graduates from East 15. Um, we did a, a show there, which was a bit crazy, which was um, called Harry's Girls, and that was uh, about, it was the Six Wives of Henry VIII, but set in Vegas in the 60s. Oh, so transposed. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Which is a bit of a weird experiment, but it was kind of fun. To I do. like the title as yeah. well. I but I wasn't, in, um, I wasn't in that. I was directing it. Okay. Um, so I haven't actually been in myself in the Camden Fridge. So this will be the first time. Yeah. So that's fun. How do you find directing? Love it. Really? Yeah, love it. Love working with people. Really makes me really happy. I try to run a really happy rehearsal room because, again, I think that's really important. Um usually by being filthy uh, if I'm honest <laughs> that's my directorial approach Laura no, no. to be filthy um, and uh, and try and get the best out of people by making them feel really confident and mm. playful and um, experimenting and like I said I'm very collaborative so if somebody has a better idea than me I'm very happy to to take it on and incorporate it yeah. and I'm, I'm, I try and I mean I'm, I'm very clear about what I want but I'm not dictatorial I hope yes <laughs> actors might disagree with me but I'm hoping that's right um, and would you say it's easier coming from being an actor yeah I think so because you realising who the other person is <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. and also you know like I've had directors say things to me that have not helped and so you kind of clock that don't you in the back of your head and mm. go mm, don't say that to an actor that's not helpful um, uh, try not to give line readings and try not to make somebody feel stupid or incapable you know which some directors I think do unfortunately um, probably because they get frustrated because they don't know what it's like to be an actor or mm. be struggling to get to grips with something um, and and I've been very lucky to work with lovely people which really helps because there's a certain trust and openness that goes on there so that that's part of it isn't it um, but no I love it I love shaping things I think I'm more maybe being a mother has helped oh, I think yeah because you have to wing it as a mother and you have to project a sort of calm front that you have a plan even if you don't mm. so that helps and and you're always winging it as a parent and so and, and if it turns out okay you're like oh that was really scary but actually it turned out okay and so that's okay <laughs> yeah so that's basically being a director as far as I can tell people what to do yeah. trying to keep them happy trying to make everything work um, and I think I may, probably wouldn't have had the confidence to be a director if I hadn't been a mother but coming at it having been a mother it's like oh, it's fine we'll figure it out so um, somehow <laughs> yeah. to raising three kids it's you guys fine. Yeah, you guys are easy. Um, and it's great, and it's great when you see something work or you see people getting more confident and suddenly coming out with something you didn't expect. You're like, oh my God, you're on fire, you're flying. Um, 
So, yeah, I love it. I, but I'm very happy not to be directing Mother Logs. It's going to be really nice to not have the responsibility and I can just be an actor. It's going to be great. I mean, no one's directing it. Exactly, no one's be. directing it. Um, <laughs> it's just yes. free for all. Um, it would be an evolution, creative evolution. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to meeting the other actors and, and getting to grips with the stories and doing all that. So that's going to be, it's going to be nice because normally I am either writing the material or co-writing the material or very familiar with the material and the case of Julia Pastrana yeah. um, so this is a, a kind of more of a leap into something I don't know which yeah. is exciting yeah. in a different way so it's cool I will try um, and I say this with, with every intention of um, when I finish casting it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah once we all know who we you are you know there's still maybe some gaps um trying to get a, a date in the diary that we could all meet up before we, we mm-hmm. start because I think it's it nice will, isn't it it just yeah you know, everyone introduce each other and you know yeah. and it, it makes that first day a little it's a little less stressful isn't it because you kind of you've got the dynamic already you yeah go around and introduce yourself and get over those first day jitters yeah. and, and also because of the nature of the show we have to delve into some quite personal issues mm. quite quickly so mm-hmm. if you at least shared a glass of wine with the it's, person it first, helps it does it's a little bit easier yeah um, so I ha- we have managed to do that um before but whether we get to do it this yeah. time I don't know yeah. um, and then so the, and the lovely Rose is also not in London she lives down in on the South Downs oh nice okay. um, so yeah logistically it might mm-hmm. be slightly more difficult this time but I will endeavour to do yes, the glass of wine in the yeah. and see if it uh, and see if it works out um, lovely stuff yeah so uh, I think that'll do me. Yeah, thanks very much. Thank you. Um, love to chat to you as Lovely always. To chat to you, and uh, you can see Colleen uh, this Saturday if you want to be at the Barons Court. Yes, come <laughs> and meet me in the bar for a drink. Um, 2022, 7:30, Barons Court 30, Barons Court. Um, if not, Camden Theatre, Motherlogs, 23rd to the 27th of August, 6:30 at the Etc. Yay! Bye bye. Bye.